Hey there, everybody. Karen Rovey here with Jason Perlow, Jason Cipriani. Together, they make up Jason Squared. And we're discussing today what's to come with the iPhone. So Jason Perlow, let's just start with you. What are you hearing here? Well, you know, I feel like I only bought this darn thing, you know, less than a year ago. And it's, and it's, I, I already, and I'm already spending way too much money on the, the monthly payment on it. But I, I always get excited, you know, for, for iPhone season in September. It's, it's like the coming of, a, it, it's, it's like a, it's like a major event for us in the tech community. You know, it's like our Super Bowl. It's like our Thanksgiving. It's like our Christmas. It's everything all combined into one. Um, but, but that being said, um, you know, the iPhone has already reached a very significant level of maturity, right? They've gone to uh, completely buttonless uh, types of configurations for the screen. It's a, it's a full bezel-less technology now. It's completely devoid of any tactile, you know, anything or buttons or anything mechanical on the screen. Um, we're now down to two cameras. Uh, we've got high-definition front cameras. We've got facial recognition with seven different sensors on the front. Um, at this point, what else can you do with this phone? So we, I believe that the next, the next major uh, technical hurdle that um, Apple really needs to, to cover is not so much the camera technology itself, right? Because at this point, the sensors have become very, very sophisticated. The lenses are super good. The flash is super good. Um, all, those thi- all those things are, are super good at this point, right? You can't, significantly improve on what's in, the, in a cell phone as far as the basic hardware. Which really I think is gonna make the difference is the image processing technology. And that's where you know, the folks over at Google come in um, with um, their latest stuff on their cameras. They only have a single lens on, their, on, on the Pixel 3. But they do have an image processing uh, chip on the phone, which allows them to do some really sophisticated tricks such as night mode. Their portrait mode and, their, and, and as well as their, their close-up capabilities are just so much better um, than what Apple has now. And much of it has to do with image processing on the phone and also image processing in the cloud, which I think is adding, and, uh, and is, is also ways of arranging and composing albums in the cloud and all those things that you do after you take the photo that I don't think Apple really has uh, the advantage in right now. And I think that's where they're gonna have to make some additional investments. All right, so Jason Cipriani, let's switch over to you now. Uh, what are your thoughts on what Apple needs to do uh, in terms of the camera to stay competitive? Yeah, I absolutely agree with Jason on this one. You know, the Pixel and even the Huawei P30 Pro um, and Samsung's Galaxy S10, the cameras on those phones are right on par with what Apple does currently in the iPhone XS. However, when it comes to processing that photo with night scene or night mode, um, whether it's on any of those devices, Apple doesn't have a solution for that. And just so everyone's aware, the night modes, what they do is they take a normal dimly lit photo and through processing on the device, create a photo that looks like it was taken in optimal lighting. Like if you've ever messed around with the Pixel 3 or uh, Galaxy S10 with the night scene, the difference between taking a picture in a dark alley with that feature off and then with it on is, is mind blowing. And the fact that Apple has yet to introduce something like that is also mind blowing. I mean, Apple has always led the way in how great of a photo uh, or, or camera their phones are. And yet here we are two years after 
Google first, first released night mode and Apple is nowhere to be found on it. And so, yes, the processing is the next best thing or next big thing for Apple to tackle with their phones. We've seen some leaks and rumors of pictures where the next iPhone is going to have a square camera array on the back where possibly three lenses. I don't know how many more we can add to our phones than what we can do, but I guess more data means better processing. I, I don't know. Um, but so, yeah, I, I agree, Jason. Processing and how they handle photos after it's actually captured is where Apple needs to really improve and step up their game here. Okay, so Jason Cipriani, let's stick with you here for a second. Uh, what about the security features? The rumors are abound now that Touch ID is coming back. So right now the rumor is potentially that Apple is going to figure out a way uh, to add Touch ID embedded in the screen. And, and when I say figure out a way, I mean do it a, way, a different way than what we've seen OnePlus um, and Samsung and Huawei do in their devices that have under display or embedded fingerprint sensors in the screen. Whether or not Apple's solution is a bigger portion of the screen um, can read a fingerprint. So all you do is when you pick up your phone, touch the display, it reads your fingerprint and unlocks, kind of like the old home button on older iPhones where you would touch the home button, you'd ring your, read your fingerprint and unlock the phone. Uh, so it's yet to be seen exactly whether or not Touch ID is fully coming back. Like I said, there's been rumors and speculation that it is. Personally, I don't think it needs to. I love Face ID and the facial recognition software and setup that they have in it. I'm not a fan of the notch on top of the display. If they could figure out how to put all those necessary sensors under this under the display, I'd be a huge fan of it. But as it is now, I I find it to be reliable. I find it to be accurate. You know, if if I grow out my beard real long, which I just did a few months ago, you go look at our first videos and you'll see it. Uh, and then cut it off, you know, shave, the camera can still recognize me and recognize my face and unlock my phone. I don't have any issues with it on an iPhone or even the iPad Pro, regardless of orientation. Um, as far as Face ID goes, I hope it sticks around. I hope the addition or rumored addition of Touch ID does not mean the end of Face ID. It's great technology. All right, so Jason, you heard that. He thinks that this is uh, great tech. What are your feelings here? So I am not as much a fan of the Face ID technology as, as Mr. Cipriani here. I do like the idea of a face identification of a forward projecting sensor uh, array. I, I think there's other types of applications that you can do with it besides just simple facial recognition. Um, I think there's a lot of things you can do for people with disabilities and such that need uh, you know, to, to control their devices and things um, with their face and, and movements and things like that. But as a uh, authentication technology, I don't think um, it's the bee's knees necessarily. Um, I think that you know fingerprints are a, a biometric that uh, have been very successful in the last 30, 40 years um, in, in different types of technologies. Um, I definitely think is a very fast recognizing technology when compared to face, face ID. Um, when using it on Android, I can literally lock the, unlock the device in, in, in a fraction of a second. When I had it on iOS, when it was on my iPhone 7 um, and iPhone 8, um, also a fraction of a second. So it, it was a very effective technology. It's still a very effective technology. Now, when I compare it with Face ID, um, Jason says it worked with him all the time. It doesn't work for me all the time. It definitely doesn't work for my wife all the time. Um, I wear dark sunglasses a lot when I'm driving and when I go out. Um, sometimes uh, the device it takes multiple tries before I can get it. It's also a distance issue. It's a, it's an angle alignment issue sometimes. 
It definitely doesn't work properly on my iPad Pro 13 inch because you have to have it on, on a line this way. Um, you can't do it this way. It's off to the side and, you, and if you could very easily block that, that sensor with your, your finger and then it becomes um, extremely frustrating. Um, the other problem is having to do what they call the attention technology. Um, that sensor also looks to see if your eyes are actually looking directly at the phone. And that's a security precaution because they don't want a thief to be able to take this and say, go look into this um, and unlock your phone. They want you to be able to look directly at your phone and have it see that you're staring directly at it and to unlock it. That's a security mechanism. Unfortunately, that also slows down the effectiveness of the technology. So what I've actually done on my iPhone is I've turned off an attention span so that I could actually recognize my face, whether I'm looking at it this way or this way, or my eyes are not looking directly at the phone, and it's much faster that way. It also, unfortunately, uh, defeats some of the security aspects of having this technology in the first place. The other thing I don't like about it um, is when you have to go buy things from the app store or from another vendor, and you have to uh, effectively replicate the, uh, the, the touch ID uh, gesture or, or action which is to confirm the purchase. The way that this is done today is you have to double click on the side button after it recognizes your face. And it's very easy to misclick and it's, it's a pain in the ass. I like just touching the, the sensor ID button and it's buying the thing that I want to buy. Um, so I, I'm glad that if, if touch ID comes back, we'll have that capability um, again. And the other thing that's cool about having this, this uh, touch ID is coming back and we'll have a second factor of authentication on top of the facial identification. So anyone, so when we're talking about what Apple's going to be doing with Apple Pay and Apple Card, and people wondering if their Apple virtual Apple Card is just as secure as their physical card, well, having two factors of authentication is probably gonna make it even more secure than having the physical card, right? So I am looking forward to having that second factor of authentication back real soon now. All right, Jason Perlow, let's keep you here for just a minute. Uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit, still talking about phone-related things, but the death of the lightning cord, is that on the horizon? We've been hearing this. I certainly hope so, okay? Um, I, I do not like, look, I, I didn't like the previous connector, the old-style Apple connector. That thing was horrible, that giant band thing, and, you know, you, you twisted it, and, the, and, the, and these were these proprietary cables that were very expensive. Um, that being, I mean, I don't, I understand why Apple had to create the lightning connector because the USB micro connector, that little trapezoid piece of junk that always bends and breaks is, is I mean, that little, that thing on the bottom of like every single consumer device that you had, this is one of my vaporized little trapezoid thing. It, it snaps, it breaks, it's awful. <clears throat> so Apple had to create a, a connector that was, one is a higher wattage capability. They needed to be able to charge at 10 watts and above to effectively charge both the iPad and the iPhone, and also um, other things that they have. Um, unfortunately, that's a proprietary connector, and they have to license it, and it costs money to the people have to make accessories, um, and it's not compatible with anything else. The rest of the industry has now migrated to USB-C technology, which is this nice little ovular um, connector. Um, it's the same whether it's up or if it's down. You cannot connect it in the wrong way. Um, you can do it when you're drunk, you can do it when you're half asleep, you can do it in the darkness. Um, it's phenomenal. And everything that I bought uh, as far as mobile devices have had this. Um, not everything I have currently has it, but if you start looking at things like um, headphones and stuff like that that's coming out, they're all coming out with the USB-C connector. Laptops are USB-C. 
The wattage can go anywhere between five and you know 70 watts of power. So it will eventually be able to replace all different types of power cords. In fact, in the future, I see USB-C connectors going right into the wall instead of having an AC uh, a connector. Um, it will be universal throughout the entire world as, as a universal power connection. Um, not only that, you can host devices with USB-C. So one of the cool things about the new iPad Pro, which has the USB-C connector, you can connect the mouse, you can connect thumb drives, you can connect keyboards, um, and in theory, in the future, if they give it full lightning, if they give it full uh, Thunderbolt capability, you will be able to connect displays. So in the future, it would be theoretically possible with an iPad or an iPhone to, be able to connect this iPhone to a display and chain with a mouse and use it as a PC. The, the power of the, the operant of the, of the chips has gotten powerful enough that we're starting to approach PC levels of power on these devices. Um, and they could be usable for your average consumer or maybe even your business task user as PC replacements, especially when you start talking about things using like things like Citrix and other desktop uh, connectivity technology. So I believe that USB-C is not only gonna uh, free us from all these weird proprietary connectors um, and open up the accessory economy system, but it's also gonna give us new capabilities that we did not have in the past. You know, I honestly didn't know how to get Jason Perlow upset, but now I know that we just have to mention Face ID and he's gonna get fired up right away. Ah! <laughs> it, was, it was great. Um, so a couple quick thoughts about USB-C and Apple fully adopting it in the iPhone, right? There's millions of iPhones sold. They're going to sell millions of iPhones if it switches to USB-C or not. But USB-C standard is so convoluted and messed up right now that the cables and the connections aren't all aligned, right? So you, you buy one cable from a vendor, it's not gonna be the same cable from another vendor, just based on what goes into those cables. They're not as simple as standard USB cables. So with, with someone like Apple throwing their weight fully behind USB-C and doing it on their most popular device, that's gonna be in millions of hands, it's gonna force the industry as a whole to standardize USB uh, connections. And so I think it's better for everyone as a whole. Yes, we have it now, yes, it's out, but there's, the standards are all over the place and it needs to be more comprehensive and refined. Uh, so that's, that's a great thing there. But another thing I kind of want to see Apple do, and it, we're not going to see this this year and probably not next year or ever, but I was thinking about this, that, you know, one of the appeals of Android beyond the operating system and being able to customize it is the wide range in devices and their designs. And Apple kind of started to break away from a single design this last year with the iPhone XR and the iPhone XS. I'd like to see them differentiate the devices even more. I'd like to see completely different designs between the low end and the high end and not similar, you know, have a 50% differently designed iPhone and give, give users options that still runs iOS, that still has the privacy and security and all those features that Apple touts and, and backs up most of the time. Uh, and But give us a different form factor. Let people have an option in what the iPhone looks like that they own instead of just colors and maybe one camera bump compared to two. Uh, but, you know, that's honestly probably will never happen. But it, it's something I'd love to see them do. I think we get our little phones back. One of the reasons why I buy the small, smaller form factor Pixel 3 as opposed to the larger one is I like having the ability to have a smaller phone. I mean, look at, look at the size difference between these two guys, even with the cases on them, right? This is the XS Max. 
right? With 10S Max, which is the biggest one they got, and this is the Pixel 3, right? So there's a significant, and these are with Otter, both with OtterBox cases on them, right? But you can see from the form factor size, this is significantly bigger. The footprint is much larger um, than the smaller phone. Now, Apple used to make much smaller phones. The iPhone 4 and the iPhone 5 were cute little, cute little phones. They, people um, put off upgrading those phones for a very long time uh, because there wasn't uh, an equivalent for them to go to um, that had better capabilities and for, as far as you know, the processor and, and, um, and whatnot with the same size screen. Um, the, the iPhone SE was a very successful device. People are buying them up like crazy right now, but they can still find, still actually a pretty good buy. They can get them for like 150, 160 bucks, and I think they can even take the latest operating system. Um, or I'm not they sure. Can. They can, they can. Yeah, so, so they are quite um, in demand if you can find them, and they still work pretty good. Um, I really want to see Apple introduce a new version of the SE uh, with, 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 you know, the in-screen touch ID, maybe they can abandon the face ID part of it, uh, just, just so they can serve on parts, um, you know, with the quantum processor, with an updated camera, yada, yada, uh, and USB-C, that would be a killer device, you know, in, in the, the, the $600, you know, something on price point. I think, you know, all, all, all the, the fashionable girls like myself that, you know, they just want to stuff it into our pocketbooks. Um, you know, or our tactical, what do we call them, tactical uh, day bags, or whatever, back gadget bags, whatever I like to tell people, but my thing is. Fanny pack? Yeah, my fanny pack. Um, I want to be able to just stuff it into my fanny pack for the day and go out, you know, with my lipstick and, you know, and, 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 and whatnot, um, just so that, you know, I don't have all this stuff that I need to carry around and it isn't, isn't bulking up my, 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 my bag and whatnot. So I, I, I would love to have one of those um, as, a, as a third device. Um, potentially even replace my big iPhone. And um, I, I think it would be an extremely popular offering if they brought it back. I, I think the question is though, they're so far gone down now this, to this big form factor um, and with, 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 with Face ID that um, I think um, it would be difficult for them to produce something like that. All right, guys, we're just gonna have to wait till September to see exactly where Apple goes with all of this. So guys, thank you so much uh, for your insight here on Jason Squared. We'll see you all very soon. Thanks so much for watching.